All right, good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater podcast number 45. Uh, so the Art Eater podcast is where we take deep dives into the artistry and history behind our favorite video games, comics, and other amazing, awesome stuff. Uh, so I'm your host, uh, Richmond. I'm the founder of arteater.com. Um, you can check out our website at art-eater.com. We got lots of writing about you know video games and lots of other awesome stuff and also a, a backup of all our previous podcasts there. Um, I'm also uh, the founder of uh, Bidegg, an indie game developer uh, based in Thailand, and we also do a lot of uh, art and animation outsourcing. Um, yeah, and we're currently working on an awesome game called uh, Zeka Tactics uh, right now. And um, I'm, I'm here with my uh, regular co-hosts. Um, wouldn't you guys uh, give a quick introduction? Oh, hey, everybody. This is James Stanley back again. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, just basically been uh, tackling a new job that I can't talk about too much, but I am an art director for it. Um, when I'm not doing that, I'm a storyboard artist and character designer and uh, resident fighting games expert, I guess. Uh, you know, and a huge fan of what we're going to be talking about today. So I am glad to be here. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's Adam. Please be here once again. Uh, I'm a game and level designer, pixel artist, and also international taekwondo fighter. I go by AJ on Twitter. You can find me over there at, at AJ Mattis. But yeah, I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and creative projects that I see. And yeah, like this is also a topic which I'm very, very heavily invested in, especially with regard to the ways that like this person's work, as well as like the general topic and, you know, overarching themes that we're about to discuss, the way that those touch my life. Very important to me. So I'm excited. Let's get into it. All right, so the topic today is um, just the life um, and just the, the man himself, uh, Sonny Chiba. Uh, Sonny Chiba is the topic of our podcast today. Um, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, very tragically, um, he actually just passed away only two days ago. On August 19th, 2021, um, he passed away of uh, COVID complications. He was, he was in his early 80s, um, healthy guy still. You know, he, he probably had several good years ahead of him. So it's, it's uh, very tragic uh, that he, he was, um, you know, that, that, he's, uh, that he's passed on. But um, so today we're, we're here to celebrate uh, his life and his achievements. So um, Sonny Chiba was an absolute titan of uh, Japanese pop culture and film. And um, he really like uh, just, he had this amazing fiery presence that, that shone way beyond just his field of, um, you know, uh, film too. Like he, he influenced so many different things. Um, so internationally, he's known as a martial arts star. Uh, he, he was one of the big um, uh, martial arts stars uh, after uh, after Bruce Lee in the 70s. But um, in Japan, he, he's also known as, in addition to being being an actor, he was uh, he was actually a champion gymnast in his youth. Uh, he was a very accomplished uh, martial artist, uh, has uh, black belts in s several different disciplines, including a uh, Kyokushin Karate, where he learned directly from Masayama. Um, he was also a, a singer, a lyricist, a composer, a voice actor. Um, he was the head of a, a, a super influential uh, production company. Uh, he's an action director, a film director, film producer. Like he, he's done it all. And on top of all that, I think he, he's probably inspired more video game characters than any any other single person. Like including, you know, uh, Arnold or, or, or Bruce Lee, like he, he's um, had an amazing life. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're here to, uh, you know, just talk about 
uh, just his legacy and just how much he's influenced, well, his, how, how much we love his work and how much he's influenced uh, so many other things that we love too. All Absolutely. Right. All right, so um, where to start? I guess, uh, should should we just get into his biography? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an excellent place to start. All right. Um, okay, so so Sonny Chiba, he was born, um, uh, so he was born Sadaho Maeda. Uh, he, he was born in uh, Fukuoka, Japan, uh, which uh, uh, it's actually uh, known for producing a lot of actors. A lot of uh, actors and idols uh, uh, come from that part of Japan. Yeah. So um, his father was a pilot in the, in the Imperial uh, Japanese Army, and his mother um, was actually like a track and field athlete in her youth. So, you know, he had that athleticism running in his family. Um, and when he was in uh, junior high, he got into gymnastics. Um, and he was also really into uh, baseball, uh, volleyball, lots of other sports, track and field. But um, I, I think uh, it was uh, artistic gymnastics where he really proved himself. Uh, he won, I think, a national championship in his third year. Uh, and then I believe he was going to uh, he was in line to compete to be on the Olympic team. Um, but he got uh, sidelined by a pretty serious injury. Um, yeah, so he uh, yeah, it was a back injury. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was like a real, um, you know, real serious uh, gymnast, uh, you know, had that injury. He couldn't make it into the Olympics. Um, and then, yeah, he's still a teenager. He started uh, studying uh, martial arts while he was recovering. Um, and then in that time, he, he started studying Kyokushin Karate under uh, Maso Yama, who um, is you know, one of the most legendary uh, martial artists. He founded his own school of uh, karate. Uh, Kyokushin Karate was known for um, uh, uh, practicing a full, uh, nearly full contact uh, sparring and um, just being very serious about like being a very practical, effective uh, fighting style. Uh, Masoyama himself studied lots of different other different uh, martial arts uh, disciplines. And um, he's such a legend. Um, you know, uh, we were just talking about this before, James. You said, you know, like, that guy's Ryu. <laughs> Ryu from Street Fighter is based off of Masoyama, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's like when your story starts out that you were taught by Ryu, and this is before, you know, your career starts. It's like, obviously, you are not just an average person meant to just roam this earth it was you you had a purpose to yeah. be here uh you know so i mean just the fact of like him being uh at this point in his life and being under uh masutatsu Oyama, uh and that being like part of the foundation for uh his career is is interesting but this is also around the time when um he was getting into uh films and movies uh, more notably, uh, one of his favorite movies is uh, Shane and uh, High Noon. Uh, but he was also inspired, interestingly enough, by James Dean. Uh, he he took a lot from uh, his stage presence, and uh, you know you'll you you will see that as we continue to talk about uh, you know the movies that he's been in and like just the uh, contributions he's made uh, to those things, but. Uh, I think, what was it, like, 65 was when he was 
Yeah, yeah, 65 was when he actually was under Masayama. But uh, I think shortly before that, that was when he was actually discovered by Toei uh, under, I think, a company called New Face. And uh, that was the beginning of, I guess, before he took on the name of Sunny Chiba, he went under Shinichi Chiba. Um, and I, don't know, I just find that interesting because uh, he also was born in Fukuoka, which is in the Chiba prefecture. So it's just like an interesting like the name, yeah. uh, namesake thing. So um, yeah, it's this dude is incredible. Uh, but yeah, like from that time going forward, um, he got into television, and he actually I don't I don't know if a lot of people know this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he actually was in two Tokusatsu superhero shows. Yes, let's get into this. Um, yeah, yeah. He replaced he replaced uh, Susumu Wajima who's the main character, uh, uh, Kotaro Nan, in Seven Color Mask, which is Nana Iro Kamen. Uh, I think it was the second half of a series that also had the character uh, Narumi Goro, uh, which was in a show called Ala no Shisa, which is the messenger of Allah. <laughs> yeah, of yeah all these titles. are both really interesting shows. So, so Seven Color Mask, um, he took over uh, halfway through uh, he, he took over the role of the main character. And that show's very notable for being uh, Toei's first uh, superhero uh, live-action show. So, um, you know, tokusatsu just means, like, uh, roughly special effects, right? So um, toku stuff goes back, way back to, like, way, way earliest, you know, uh, films where special effects films. But um, sort of the modern uh, understanding of toku, especially in the... Is Anglo it Godzilla stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Godzilla stuff, but um, na nowadays people really associate it with like Common Rider, you know, the the Zio Ranger, you know, um, mm -hmm. that that stuff. So so, Seven Color Mask was the beginning of uh, Toei's foray into that, and um, you know, Sonny Chiba was uh, technically the second guy to play this this hero, but he was Toei's first uh, superhero, yeah, live action superhero. So. So Sunny Chiba was uh, already, you know, as a teenager um, in the in the '60s. I think this was 1959 to 1960. Uh, this was a yeah. pretty historically notable uh, tokusatsu show. Yeah, and then um, yeah, so the show was pretty wacky. It was like it was about a guy with um, seven different personalities. <laughs> so he was like a master of like disguise and like. Uh, he, he could he played seven different characters essentially, but then the the seventh one was a superhero called Seven Color Mask. Um, so you know that and you know he could like transform into this guy, and th this is the start of like the transforming superhero uh, boom. You know this would lead to stuff like uh, Common Rider, uh, you know, a decade later. Yeah, yeah and in a way, it's like he began a bit of the foundation for like the common staples that we see. Uh, even now, uh, with uh, a lot of tokusatsu shows, and, and even Super Sentai, so like it's interesting that like at such an early age, it was already making like a stamp on like cultural phenomenons. You know, like he was already uh, doing these things like effortlessly, um, yeah. or at and least like, seemingly effortlessly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like without without knowing that like what it is that you're doing at that period period of time will you know like stand in like the a lot of holes of like cinematic history and stuff especially with regard to like again just that ability to establish a character and then have that be 
such a magnetic like you know drawing power to get people so interested in stuff because there are obviously as we know like there are many many people that start off in acting industries in any industry and then like no one knows like who they are but like when you have a sort of a that kind of a magnetic presence uh strength about what it is that you're doing you end up you know working your way up the ranks in a sense but it's again very similar to martial arts in a sense you end up sort of figuring out your strengths and your weaknesses and you build upon those and then over time you begin to progress and climb and stuff and yeah just the fact that um the fact that he had been in so many you know movies like and tv shows and all sorts like from that point like onward even so much so, you know, that, like, the last credit in um, in his career will be a posthumous release, but that will be a final film role for Bond, uh, Bond of Justice Kizuna, and that, that'll be for, like, this year, do you know what I mean? So yeah. we're talking about, like, from... We were talking about from literally, like, decades and decades ago, back in 1961, to, like, literally 2021, do you know what I mean? So it's, like, it's He's absolutely... just whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's amazing to think about, yeah. and it, again, just yeah, it just harkens back to it's what my coach says. Like when you become like a a black belt, you're a black belt for life. But at the same time, like it's just the beginning of your journey in a sense. So it's like you end up never really um you never stop learning. You're always a student of the arts which you pursue, and you oh, never really yeah. you know you're not you're not done. And yeah. and this this is um it just reminds me of like that sentiment. The fact that he he was never done. Do you know what I mean? He was never, yeah. Oh, yeah. never, never. That's finished. a huge theme. That's that's gonna be that, that's pretty much the theme running throughout today's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's interesting that you you brought that up because even in the seventies, you know, he had already obviously started his career. He was still someone who practiced martial arts, but even then, he was already like, you know what, like. I'm still on my journey and I'm going to start taking people with me. So in 1970, he started his own training school for people that were like aspiring martial artists, film actors, and like stunt performers. And it was known as JAC. Uh, I believe now it's called uh, JAE, but it was stood for Japan Action Club. And now it has become the Japan Action Enterprise. Uh, you know, basically he was already pulling together talent at such an early point in his career he was already like no i i kind of understand my place a little bit uh not from a place of arrogance either just in the sense of like i understand that i'm bringing something that only i can bring but i'm also already inspiring people you know and he's already thinking like hey let's let's start taking other people on on their own journey uh for themselves and i feel like something like that is a a catalyst to have that idea of like, well, yeah, I'm teaching people, but I'm inspiring people, but it's also encouraging him in some weird way where it's like, you know what, I'm going to still go after what it is I'm going to go after to be the best that I can possibly be, which correlates back to what you're saying. It's like, he's a black belt in everything, you know, like he's a black belt for life rather, you know, so that, that, that constant journey for him was, you know, still there. And I mean, I'm sure that he had some amazing stuff planned that we will never see, uh, you know, just because his, you know, his chapter had ended. But, um, you know, at that point, uh, I believe he had starred in uh, Karate Kiba, like Bodyguard Kiba. Um, he was also a part of uh, Battle Without Honor and Humanity, the deadly fight in Hiroshima. That was in the early 70s as well. Uh, people may recognize that title from Kill Bill. There's a track that uh, is actually taken from from that that's in Kill Bill called Battle Without Honor, or it's inspired by rather. So it's his his legacy was already like 
planting seeds for things in the future that he it's not like he knew you know like it's just he had such an impact at such an early period throughout and it's just it's amazing to see uh that also around this time uh he was about to actually uh be a breakthrough internationally uh to the western audiences and it is in the the movie that most people probably know him of other than Kill Bill, and it is uh, The Street Fighter through New Line, which is also ironic since Kill Bill came through there. And that was in uh, 74. And, uh, you know, that actually went on for... That series went on for quite some time. Uh, that was how I was initially introduced to uh, Sonny Chiba, was through Street Fighter. And my original thought was like, wait, is this Capcom related somehow? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then I saw his presence on screen and I was like, you know, my first thought was, man, this guy is living anime, but this is a live action movie. Like, what? And then it was like, no, it's not anime. Anime, if anything, is, is had inspirations from what he did. Uh, and it's like the more that you watch his performances, you know, you, you kind of see that, he brings a different voice to the screen, uh, you know, similar to lead to how Bruce Lee kind of brought his own character and his own uh, sensibilities to the screen. Sonny Chiba has a presence that is completely uh, unforgettable, um, you know, and that brings up something that I wanted to ask you guys is like, in terms of your, the first time that you, uh, I know with Richmond, I know you had seen some things that he's done, but like, what was your first impression or reaction to, to seeing Sonny Chiba on screen? Oh, man. Um, he's just, like, intense, but, like, super charismatic. Like, to, to me, um, he's got so many roles, so you can't really pigeonhole him. But, but, but a common thread for me is, like, he's intense. You know, you know, like, some people say, like, oh, Tom Cruise is intense or something. But, like, no, like, Sonny Chiba, like... He's the definition of like chewing the scenery. Like he, he just is so entertaining to watch. And like just with a glare, you know, like he can he can kind of like stop you in your tracks, right? Like he, he does so much intense emoting with just like his his eyes and his eyebrows. Um but then it, he, it, Yeah, right. Yeah, you know what's funny is like um yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to be making a parallel to something I said before uh, about Soul from Guilty Gear in terms of his idol pose. It's like he's doing nothing, yet he's doing he's everything. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's letting like, you know like, who and what he is just by how he stands and how yeah. he like, moves and like, the way that he cracks his neck left and right and puts his arms up. Like it's just like that nonchalant attitude, but also like he doesn't care. Like, he could level a building if he wants to, but like he doesn't have to flex. But he's yeah. flexing, but he's not. But it's it's everything. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, stuff. it's it's you know AJ like that makes a good point. It's like it doesn't matter what character he plays. Like when you look at that character, it's like. If he chopped a building in half with his hands, I would believe it. <laughs> yeah, Regardless of like the story, the world building, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just I believe this man can do whatever it is that he has to do or that he says he will do. And it's without talking, you know? And I mean, obviously, his delivery only encapsulates that. But it's like even when he's just on screen, it's like 
you just you know what time it is basically i mean who else could be in a movie called doberman cop and be able to pull you know what i mean like it's yeah yeah like like sunny chiba has something that is so specific it's like you know no one can replicate that like i don't care how many people come together to make a recipe for it it's like sunny chiba is sunny chiba we're through and through um and it's not even like a a thing where and this is no disrespect to like western actors who do this you know where it's like they play themselves playing the role like he doesn't really do that it's there's an energy that he brings that's like there's a synergy between them but they're so specifically different you know like when he plays yagyu jube uh or when he's hatori hanzo right like from uh kill bill i should say i guess for more current times but also from kage no gudana shadow warriors like there's an energy that he gives those characters that, yes, it is specifically unique to Shani Chiba, but somehow it is a very individualized uh, performance. Yeah, and he it is that something... character. Yeah. He's a character yeah. actor. He's not always playing Sunny Chiba. He inhabits that specific character. And credit to him, he played two of the most legendary ninjas, and like they're very different. Like Superficially, you could describe them. They'd be similar, but they have totally different energy. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then on top of all of that as well, I just want to throw this in. Mm-hmm. Like, that energy on screen, that energy was for real. Like, that energy was in life. I'm just looking right here. There's an image here of um, of Sonny Chiba, like, literally fighting um, in, 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 a, in a karate team's tournament versus a Hawaiian, Hawaiian all-star team in a bare fist, um, full-contact tournament oh, and man. stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at this right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah, so this, so this happened in a- April 4th oh, in 1977. So, so he actually the, competed. He had pro fights. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, literally. Like, this is like, this is literally like a, like from a bare fist full contact tournament here that I've just found now. Like, I'm trying to, I'm going to try and see if I can find some, um, some footage of this. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. We'll see. But yeah, I'm just, well, I'm sure you'll, you'll have to post this on the, on the Twitter. But like, there's just a, a, an image of, um, of Sonny here doing what? can only look like to me could be like a jumping crescent kick coming from like off the right leg from the inside outward just by looking at this image but like he's quite high off the ground which is also amazing but on top of all of it like again he's got that passion on his face like his body's in a really nice position he's got the legs slightly bent just as if he's just pushed off the ground and he's also he lo- it looks like he's timed the kick quite well as well just judging by the person who looks like they're going to be sort of oh, you know rushing man. towards him and stuff. <laughs> yeah like, you, know, you can already tell like he knows what he's doing yeah. yeah, exactly. He know he knows like this is like a second before impact. Like he knows what it is that he's doing. Like as someone who's like landed a few kicks or a lot of kicks like this on people before, like it's hard to do. Like timing people on the way in, trying to catch them on the break on the way out. It's not a simple thing. You need to be aware of the spacing, the timing, just how fast it is that you can get your foot to their face, how quickly you need to do so, and then to recover as well. How it is that you can, you know, think about what it is you're going to do positioning-wise after the kick lands, all of it. But yeah, you can tell that this, um, this is definitely this is this is a real thing for sure. Like wow. this doesn't look, um, yeah, this doesn't look staged whatsoever. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, like man. I, I know he, um, I, I think he was like a fourth dan in Kyokushin, and I know you, you mm. have to do like full contact training there, but I, I didn't know he actually like fought, like competed too. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's super, super cool. Especially, again, um, things like kendo, like uh, judo, like really, really hard to do. Very, very hard. I know some some, uh, judo practitioners, some judoka, and like, yeah, like they're very, very just 
tough people, especially in terms of again like the the levels of um, the levels at which they fight, and then on top of that as well, like the levels of discipline that they have. Because like honestly, like I remember back when I was like very like little, like at the school there was like a big um, like leisure center where I first started training in my martial arts taekwondo, and then like obviously I didn't make the choice to do it, like my parents picked it for me. But, like, I remember my mom was, uh, we, went, we went to go watch a couple of martial arts and stuff. And then, like, my mom went to go check out more like, on her own just to see what would, you know, what she'd put her kids into. So, like, yeah, she went to go see, like, judo. And then, like, she just was watching people get, like, thrown and tripped and, like, flipped and thrown again and, like, held on the ground. She was like, I'm not having, like, my kids do this. Like, it looks too rough. It looks so... And I was like, oh, this looks really cool, though. Like, I want to do this. Like, it's one of those things that I remember just because, again, it's, like, it's so, um... It's so tantalizing to watch. It's so interesting watching someone, you know, use all of that kinetic energy with such like grace and force and technique. It's just, it's wonderful. So just imagining a person holding all of this information within their body, all of this muscle memory, all of this skill at such high levels. Yeah, absolutely great. Wonderful to see. Uh, yeah, you posted earlier um, uh, just the various martial arts that he had a high ranking in. So, uh, yeah, let, let's just quickly go through it. So, it's Kyokushin yeah, Karate, 4th Dan, Ninjutsu, 4th Dan, uh, Goju Ryu Karate, 2nd Dan, Shirinji Kenpo, 2nd Dan, Judo, 2nd Dan, Kendo, 1st Dan. So, really, like, wide variety of disciplines from striking to grappling to, um, you know, sword fighting to ninjutsu, like... <laughs> like various uh uh you know like ninja stuff <laughs> he, he really he's real deal he is he is takuma he is jubei he is <laughs> Hattori he's, yeah he's, he's really takuma. lives in yeah he really lives and breathes uh you know the characters that uh he influenced over time uh yeah. and it's you know, to see, like, before those things became a reality, to see that he was living and breathing this energy before this in real life is, like, mm-hmm. it's 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 such a, a sight to behold that, you know, one image maybe of thousands of Sanichiba has so much of a message and so much is uh, communicated in it. Um, you know, it's more proof and evidence that he's he was living art. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, and and it, and it and it's not something where, you know, someone talks to him like maybe five minutes before showtime or before he goes to do a match. And says, "Okay, it's time for you to get into character." It's like, no, he's he's living and breathing this like forever. Like that's just what he does, and it's just that someone was smart enough to capture these things. Like, uh, you know, AJ sending another image that is like super cla- like this is just it's art like seeing him perform in whatever medium whether it's cinema movies martial arts uh he was just living breathing art he was somebody that really took passion in what he did and he fully believed in his capabilities of what he was doing because i mean he was enjoying what he was doing i mean the fact that it was almost like you know he had to almost rebuild his body like we're seeing him like after the back injury and he's still doing all of these amazing things mm-hmm. Like it's such a an inspiration on on so many levels, uh, you know, not just as an artist, but as like a human being. Like to just be able to mm. pick yourself up, you find a, you find a resource where you're able to rehabilitate, and then you know you come back and you're stronger than mm. ever. It's like you know how how much more of a manga arc do you need to be? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. in order to you know to do these things, and it's just this is just 
how he was, man. And yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things I thought was like super interesting, and he said this in an interview, was that um, you know if it wasn't for James Dean, that he probably would have never uh, gotten into making film. Uh, he even says that he wishes that he spent more time looking at his films because he felt like he would have gotten even more, you know, out of those films in terms of like uh, inspiration. But it's like the thing that's interesting, right? Is that usually when somebody says, I'm inspired by XYZ, it's it, sometimes there's like a, a way that you can kind of pinpoint specifically like where that is. But with Sonny Chiba, it's filtered through such authenticity within himself <laughs> that it it's new. It's it's just him. It's just whatever it is that he does. You know, I mean, he if if he were still here today, I'm sure he could look at that kick and be like, you know, maybe he could find something that he could have done better, or maybe he could say like he was inspired in some other weird way that we wouldn't even think of. But like, it's still something that's so. Uh, authentically him it's like when you look at these images right i mean he's literally he's really performing martial arts but you really believe that and i feel like that's the same energy that he takes into things that are like you know fictional or like things that are you know what i mean it's like when you look at the way that he portrays yagyu jubei you believe that he is yagyu jubei yeah. like when you look at like uh it was the movie samurai reincarnation where uh Yagyu Jubei fights Miyamoto Musashi, which, I mean, that's a dream match, right? Like, that's not possible. Uh, you still believe it. You still, like, yeah, that's how it went down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's, let's, like, that's what, that's what happened. It, it's and, the and ultimate fan service. Like, he really makes you believe, like, it's, it's really happening, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he even says it. He's like, you know, when I play these samurais, in most cases, it's like, it's make-believe, but, like, we're here to, uh, make you fully feel the truth of these things he's like he's like i'm not lying to you it's that i'm living them in that moment and uh it's interesting because that is something that he says was a huge part of uh his performance when he was working with uh ken ogata in samurai reincarnation because ogata was playing uh miyamoto musashi and normally actors will get together get to know each other try to like figure out how they're going to perform together but he said that the most that he did was he greeted him and said good morning. And mm. that was the only conversation that they really had. And then when they went on set, like, they just performed. And he said that part of what made that so interesting, not just for him, was that he was able to show Jubei, Jubei's desperation in terms of, like, actually defeating him. You know, I don't mean to spoil it, but, like... Mm. Um, he 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 said that the fact that they didn't really interact with each other until that time, there was a particular energy that both performers brought. Because Ogata sounds like very much like a high, like prolific like actor, uh, so he was already kind of like, okay, I really got to bring you know the business to this. And uh, I think that goes into the authenticity that he steps in every single time, because it's not necessarily that he's stepping in it; he's breathing it, he's living it. It's just someone happens to be here to capture it on celluloid. Um, and, you know, if you ever get a chance to watch it, like you should definitely uh, take a chance to, it might be on YouTube. You may be able to find it like on Amazon or something, but um, you know, if you ever get to see that, like you can see and you really feel these things, even without having the knowledge of what he's saying, because everything he does is just, if, if, if someone told me he didn't have a script and he just walked on set, I would believe it. <laughs> 
I believe it. And everybody would be like, you know what? What he did is perfect. We don't need to fix this. You guys need to get in line with him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, he's, oh man, he's such a, uh, an amazing, uh, you know, person, uh, you know, as an artist, everything. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that when he was doing Samurai Reincarnation, uh, I mean, he was doing like, all different types of TV shows, but uh, one that was the most notable for me, and you know, probably for a few other people, uh, is when he did his performance as uh, Hattori Hanzo uh, in Kage no Gudan, which is usually known as uh, Shadow Warriors. Um, that performance, I mean, when you when you see something like that, it's just like you can't you can't blame Tarantino for being like you know what. I need this guy in my movie, like because it's it's such a like if you've seen a ninja show, you've seen them all, right? But Sonny Chiba's presence sort of just it puts a different stamp on that particular genre. And uh, you know, every time I look at like uh, Shinobi Three Art or anything, it's like I can't help but see Sonny Chiba's face over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into this because Kage no Gudan, um, that defined ninja stuff for the well, pretty much like indefinitely after that, right? Because uh, that was what yeah. 1980, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so, Early, yeah, 1980. So if you think of it, um, before Kage no Gudan, um, uh, so the the modern international image of a ninja is like this assassin dressed in black, kind of like a feudal equivalent of a commando, right? This, this perfectly honed uh, warrior. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, that was not always the case. If, if you look at historical art, right, if you if you look at, like, um, you know, uh, Japanese uh, uh, ukiyo-e art and, like, uh, old uh, stage plays and stuff, they're very colorful. It's more like, a, you know, remember the Goemon video games, right? Mm -hmm. Those are actually... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's more accurate to his art history. Like um, plays about ninja, they're 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 super colorful. They wear colorful like clothing and wigs. They have like crazy magic powers. It's actually yeah. closer to Naruto than to to like uh, any realistic uh, portrayal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then and then actually the um, the real life equivalent of of ninja back in the day, they they would have been disguised as normal people. They would have been dressed, you know, like to to blend in uh, with everyone else. And, and the actual black-suited ninja is a very modern conceit. Uh, some people think it comes from uh, when they used to put on these plays about colorful ninja, you would have the stagehands dress all in black, like moving stuff around, making like special effects happen in real time. Um, and then over time, I think that shifted to uh, this modern image. Um, but like, for instance, the referee in, in the Samurai Showdown games, right? You, you know, the dude dressed in all black? Uh, that, yeah, that's a direct black. reference to the, um, you know, the old stage plays, like, and then that that somehow became the modern ninja look, and um, and Sonny Chiba just absolutely nailed that in uh, Kage no Gudan. And he, I mean, he they they literally used his face for the Shinobi games. Like that's him. That's unmistakably him because he he has yeah. like, piercing eyes. <laughs> like you can tell it's him through the mask. Like all you need to do is see his eyes. Like that's how iconic his look is. Uh, and 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 then you know Kage no Gudan. Um, that defined ninja imagery for for the next well, up until today, and it's it, that's what introduced most of the world to 
uh, this idea of ninjas kicked off all the, the, the ninja films internationally, like in Hong Kong, the American ninja films, all these ninja video games. And that goes back, you know, that's hugely, hugely tied to Sonny Chiba, just uh, like we're saying, embodying this role. Like, how did you, how did you come across Kage, uh, Kage no Gudan? So I have I have these interesting experiences as a child, and I don't. Without the internet, you would wonder like, how did I remember any of this stuff? But uh, I I remember seeing like I used to go to like a mom and pop video store, and you know my dad always kind of knew the vibe, right? Like he would go in and he would look in the action section and look for stuff, and I would immediately look for anything that was like cool or had ninjas in it right so i remember seeing like the american ninja movies right because they were everywhere like you couldn't not see those things but then i remember seeing like a it's like a like a vhs like huge shell like it wasn't like a normal shell case it was massive like i could fit like as a as a toddler or like a child like i could probably fit my whole like hand and like part of my forearm and it was huge and it had ninjas all over it and i was like what is this and i remember the guy kind of like saying like oh yeah this isn't for sale like i can't you can't rent it and but i just kept staring at it and come to find out later on like i think him or his father uh would actually like buy this stuff when they went to japan and they were like big fans of it, but like they couldn't, they couldn't like release it, I guess, legally for people to rent because it would have caused some sort of distribution issue. So he didn't want to get in trouble for that. But I guess they were watching them in the back or something. And I was like, man. And I remember one day, like, I went back and I saw, like, out of the corner of my eye, like them watching it. And I was like, what is that? It's so cool. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it. But I couldn't watch it because, like, they couldn't let it out. So then years later, I was in like, middle school, I think, elementary school. And our public access channel would sometimes have like uh, an international channel day and it would just show random things, you know, because it's public access, they don't give a shit, they don't care. And sure enough, I see these ninjas running on stream. I hear all these cool sounds I've never heard on American television before. And I'm like, that looks like the same thing, but I'm not sure, but I'm captivated by it. And like, I would watch like raw, like episodes of it. And I was just like, I don't know what this is. And then of course, when the internet came along, I was like, man, what is that show? And who is this guy that I recognize in everything? And then like, I saw Sister Street Fighter. And then I was like, wait a minute wait, this ninja doesn't crick his neck and make these faces, but his eyes are the same. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is Shani Chiba. So then I started like going like crazy on the internet and I was like, oh, that's Kage no Gudban. And then I was like, I need to find this. I need to find this now. And, you know, then it became sort of like, uh, okay, I need to find out where I can get this stuff. And again, it's always something weird, right? Like... I was on a trip uh, in Florida with my family and it was like this huge comic shop, like massive. And they had like all types of like anime and stuff. And I already know, know, had known what anime was. I was already like hooked. But then 
they had like a tape section or DVDs. They're like tape section. I don't know if they were DVDs. They probably were like CDs and DVDs. But like I saw like the VHS tapes and I was like, what is this? And that's where I was actually able to see more of it. But the thing is, is like around that time, uh, you know, I was already big into anime, but I was like, you know what, let me, let me, let me check this out. And I actually was able to watch uh, a lot of Kage no Gundan, um, but it seemed like it was out of order. So I don't know what the deal was with that <laughs> because it wasn't, it wasn't like uh, official release. It's kind of like, it was kind of like a fan sub. Okay. Like it was, it was, it was like a fan sub, but it was, it was raw. So it was just like somebody taped them and they were like, look, I, I don't know how to put these in any sort of order. They were just there. And I was like, man, this is so cool. And, you know, later, obviously, through different means, people who actually, like, subtitle things, put things out online for people to see, I was able to see Kagero Gundan in a more comprehensible sense. But uh, that stuff captivated me, like, as a child, uh, instantly, even when I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was cool. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I need more. I need more of this in my life. Yeah. So, like, that guy's performance is able to, like, break down any sort of communication barrier, any sort of language barrier or anything. It's just, you know how someone can, like, bring attention into a room, regardless of, like, whether you understand what they're doing or not, or saying or not. It's just, like, that's an Ichiba. That guy is just... So, I mean, like, when he was in Kill Bill, it was just kind of, like oh man it's like seeing an old friend yeah yeah and it was like oh man like like it's it's like he's still around and and again after all of these years he still captures that same authenticity where you're like no that's really him like Hato is it's like it's almost like sunny chiba wasn't in kill bill hot Hondo was in kill bill yeah like you you just felt that <clears throat> like like oh man like like, it's that same feeling I got when I saw, like, the first Metal Gear Solid 4 trailer with Snake, where I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen you in a while. Except in that case, obviously, he was doing bad. But, like, in this particular case, it's like, oh, man, it's been so long. I want, it's so I want good to, mention, to see you again. Yeah, I want, I want to mention something very quickly. There was, um, just in terms of, like, the moments in which we first sort of, like, see actors and the moments when we first see people and those times that get etched into our minds and stuff i'm going to talk about a movie very quickly fast and the furious tokyo drift all right uh oh like, yeah yeah i, uh -oh. I, have, to, I, have, to, I have to do this very quickly okay like very very quickly like this was one of the movies which I actually ended up actually did end up seeing like sunny chiba in and I was wondering, because, like, where did I see Sonny Chiba when I was a kid? Because I was thinking about it. I was just like, how can I, like, find this, like, scene that's in my mind or, like, this, um, you know, this this bit, this fragment from, like, my memory and stuff. And I just found it now. Like, the film, not my favorite film in the world, but, like, it was cool at the time when I was, like, a very young child. But, like, yeah, like, just the fact that what I, what I had imagined in my brain actually was, like, a, it was a real thing. So I didn't imagine it. It was actually like, in the film. But yeah, like he was the actual, um, actually like playing a like, Yakuza like crime boss in here and stuff, and like just seeing that people like stealing money and stuff and like reprimanding people for not noticing that they're stealing money, all the rest of that stuff. Just again having that larger than life persona and like playing that Yakuza boss like uh, persona, like 
it really is just um it's just a testament to the fact that like you can have so many different skills but then at the same time you can be this larger than life character without even having to fight or do flips or or throw punches or do you know what i mean like sometimes all you need to do is just like appear there sit speak and be intimidating and like that's also like a, a skill in and of itself in terms of like acting like yeah. really really cool but yeah just because just because you were just mentioning earlier the fact that um the fact that you know like earlier earlier films and moments in time where you where you've seen like sunny Chiba before yeah. and like they're stuck in your mind like i was thinking to myself while all oh, that's why i was quiet for a while i was just thinking like where was it like what was the thing <laughs> that i saw like ages ago because like, i could see like him in my in my like mind's eye but like yeah that there it is yeah, yeah, yeah. like i could see like, him in, like in my mind's eye but i was just like but where though like where is it from what's it from i found it yeah but that's my little like my little minute long spiel about fast and furious ah, cool, cool kind of film but yeah also a bit cheesy yeah. ah, there, there. Let, let me let me well, uh, uh oh go ahead no all i was gonna say was like well fast and furious is a live action anime nobody asked for but we needed so yeah <laughs> <I> mean, that's <laughs> that's all that is but yeah i i, I said before like any movies and is worth watching like he's always going to be entertaining yeah like you said even if he's just sitting there i mean like he, he could be sitting there eating a bowl of noodles and it's like fascinating you just can't take your eyes off of him um you, you just reminded me actually one of the the so so i've always been like aware of him like he, he was just always you know part of the the, the pop culture um throughout my childhood uh, but actually, mm-hmm. one of the first uh, movies where I, I really, you know, paid attention to it, and I was like, wait, who is this guy? It was actually um, not even a Japanese movie. Um, it, it, it was Storm Riders. It was a Hong Kong movie. Um, and he, oh, he wow. yeah, do you remember Storm Riders? That was 1990. Yes, yes. Um, I saw this right after The Matrix came out. And, uh, you know, I was like, wow, The oh, Matrix, wow. these amazing effects. And then I saw Storm Riders, and it was like even more mind-blowing, like, it's also it's one of the early um super cg heavy uh, hong kong films so if you watch it now you know people are like ah it's so dated the cg so bad but um at the time no one had ever attempted that much interactivity between the cg and the people so it was like pretty impressive for the time but really like um he was like the star of the show he was just so charismatic he played a character called lord conquer and um Mm -hmm. He's the bad guy, uh, but he, he's also like the story is that he raised uh, the two uh, protagonists. Um, uh, the, the, it's based off of a really long-running uh, Hong Kong comic, this uh, super epic Wuxia comic, and he's one of the big main bad guys, and he just embodies that role. Like he's so, I keep saying this word, he's just super charismatic, even when he's like this pretty evil, selfish, like terrible guy. He's just so charismatic you're like yeah you know you just want to you still want to see him win because he just has so much presence so much like uh, belief in himself and um it's kind of crazy because like uh, he, he's not fluent in in chinese so like i think they actually ended up dubbing um the uh-huh. the, the dialogue <laughs> but he's still like incredible in it like i think he was actually nominated for like an award in hong kong for acting even though yeah. it's it's not his voice that you hear um, but his physical presence, like he just embodied that character so well. And um, mm-hmm. I'll just say, like in general, like even for the longest time, you couldn't even, you know, you could only see his roles dubbed in America, right? Like Street Fighter and all, all those classic uh, grindhouse films. The, only the English dubs were available. And yet, um, 
I actually, it, it's fine. Like he, he's such a physical actor and he emotes so much that even if that's the only way you can catch his films, like you're still getting like a lot of, you know, what he has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to mention that as well. Like the, uh, it was the 18th Hong Kong film awards and yeah, he was nominated for um, best actor because of yeah. that film. And yeah, that was the uh, that was the the outcome of that. But again, just like you mentioned there, the fact that you can get like that nomination without speaking the language is just again, it's it's yeah. amazing to think about. Just yeah. the skill it and the ability to emote. Yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't even know. I just thought he spoke Chinese. Like I I didn't even yeah. know like it was a dubbed role. And yeah, he he was yeah. nominated. And, um, he was just such an epic Wuxia villain. You know, he, he it was like watching uh, like. Uh, uh, Master Asia from from uh, uh, G Gundam in real life, yeah. Mm -hmm. And of course, that character is inspired by these uh, uh, Chinese villain characters. But um, it's impressive that he could play one of the best. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's yeah. it's so so cool to think about. And then as well, just randomly, is just the fact that um, again, thinking about things like Kill Bill and all the rest of it, like that was another one of the earlier films that like I saw like in my life that really just made me feel it, it made me feel like empowered in a sense like i could fight like 50 people in, in, a, <laughs> in a room and just like 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 just demolish everybody and stuff and have these really cool shots and like really cool angles and all the rest of that but yeah all of that um the homage is to like grindhouse cinema and like that samurai cinema that he's like you know been so deep like steeped in it's just it's just amazing just the fact that like he was always in films that were like funnily enough like celebrations of things that he was also in if that makes sense so it's like it's like you kind of in a sense get to like celebrate like what it is that you helped like build and yeah. I'm, i really hope at least like during his um filming and all throughout his like career and life and stuff like that i really hope that he really like got the got the uh, the feedback from the people that he worked with just how important like those those inclusions were if, if that makes sense so for example just saying like if you're somebody who helps like in a sense like pioneer so many reasons as to why it is that people are doing things today and then you get to reappear in those things and celebrate that and celebrate your own work like from the past and then celebrate the fact that you still were doing that work up until very recently like yeah i really hope that he was um i really hope that he knew how many people really just respected and just revered all of the the time and the hours spent because again just thinking about all of the skills that are necessary to become like a good actor and on top of all of that all the skills that are necessary to become a good martial artist in one discipline never mind like six or seven black belts in at like multiple various degrees like it's a lot of like life spent it's a lot of hours it's a lot of blood sweat and tears in a very literal sense like when you are training to become a black belt, especially in terms of like the gradings that you need to, you know, like go through that can be so rigorous depending on like the amounts of time that you're training, but just the kind of gym that you're at as well. And also who he was trained by too. I'm sure that like, again, it was no slouch work. Like it was all very, very, very hard. Like I was just looking again at Masoyama doing some karate practice, like punching boards and stuff like that. Like we do that. And like, it's hard work. It's painful work. It's grueling, like bloody work, but it's good. And it makes you better and it makes you stronger and it makes you grateful for the time that you have to, you know, perfect and to, you know, hone the, the diamond within all of us. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what it is that you're trying to do in regards to martial arts. But just to sort of like sprout off that quickly, like 
just looking at the list of um not only just black belts just in general but like just the list of martial arts they're so like different too like you've got karate in there got kempo in there got judo in there got kendo in there got the ninjutsu in there like so many different things so many different skills so many different areas of um expertise and it again goes to show that like this wasn't just a person who was like you know good at one thing they were flexible he was a person who could soak in information and then evidently you know like hone it train it drill it and then become proficient at it to such a high degree and that is something which again was very suited and is very suited to acting so it's like it's as if like even though he found out you know with regards to you know honing these skills in gymnastics all those years ago that repetition that need for creativity as well the flexibility the strength the core strength all of it like the fact that he had those skills and was able to hone those skills to such a high level from youth and then was unfortunately you know like hurt by that injury but was able to utilize those skills in so many other areas it just speaks to the to the spirit of this person and to the to the never give up attitude that he had because a lot of people when they do get injured in certain sports and to the credit, there's a lot of there's a lot of like dignity and being able to know when you can bow out and stuff too, and to be able to keep yourself safe. It's very important to do, but it's like it's not easy to bounce back in in any way. It's not easy to get back on the horse, so to speak, and to know that like he did so not just in one aspect of life, but in so many. Again, it's just it's amazing. It's a really um, it, it's a really interesting like just life story, but it's also a really interesting lesson in determination. And in what we call in a Taekwondo, one of our tenets, an indomitable spirit, basically. Just that ability to keep going, like no matter what, no matter how hard things get, to know that you've put so much into yourself and to keep on going day in, day out and just show up and do the work to be consistent. And if anyone was consistent, it was Sonny Chiba, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was watching an interview with him where um, uh, he was talking about how important the concept of uh, Bushido uh, is to him. You know, uh, uh, Bushido uh, often comes up in samurai stuff and we'll ask to call it Bushido, the way of the warrior, right? But like he really embodied that. <laughs> like he, to him, he, 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 he felt like that was like, you know, the soul of the Japanese people. And he, um, the way he described it, I think he, he said it was a, it was about having like purpose, right? Like it, it's about sort of like mm. finding what, what, what's your purpose in life and like, you know, just dedicating yourself to that and to, to self-improvement. Um, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the, 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 okay. So there's a, there's the Bushido code and like there are, there are virtues like of Bushido itself. So like, like, as like what I mentioned earlier, like we have tenets in Taekwondo, mm -hmm. like there are codes by which we live and like the ways we choose to be in the world. And, multiple martial arts have these and things like that yeah. but yeah like it's really really intriguing just to think about like the fact that this bushido code has been like you know really important throughout like samurai history but even just the fact of uh, the fact again like the word samurai originally meant like one who serves do you know what i mean it's, it's about like being a type of person who lives to do something for somebody else but not in the sense that they're owed the thing it's a, it's the fact that you're doing this like to serve a person like to serve like a purpose it's really interesting just to think about the uh, the nobility aspect of that in both like social and spiritual like aspects. Yeah, really, really interesting yeah, um, to think about. Uh, some, something else he mentioned in in that uh, same interview um, is he he talked about uh, what he learned from Masayama specifically. You know, earning uh, his black belt there, and he said um, 
it, it goes, it's, it's, it's pretty much what you said about like being a lifelong black belt, right? Just always learning. Like he, he said what mm -hmm. he learned from Oyama was, um, you know, to, uh, just to be strong, right, in, in, in body and mind. Um, the, the, the value of that, right, is like to, to be able to, you know, protect what's important to you, right? So again, it's, mm -hmm. it's about like, um, not just being strong for the sake of it, but like for, for self-improvement and for also like bettering the lives of others. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I think he just kept carrying that, that spirit forward because, um, <clears throat> yeah, throughout his career, he's helped a lot of people out. Like it's not, it's not just about him. Yep. Like, uh, we were talking earlier about the uh, Japan Action Club, right? That's a big deal. If, if, if you look at the list of people that have been through mm. um, that group, it's, it's literally hundreds of people. And it's like, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're probably, I'm sure you're a fan of stuff like Common Rider and stuff like that. Like um, Japan Action Club, they were, they've produced so many tokusatsu stars. Uh, even like the very first Common Rider, they provided um, all the uh, acrobatic stunts, you know, like for, for that. Um, yeah, like, like his influence, I mean... You know, like he, he was probably able to specialize in uh, all those acrobatics be because of his background in gymnastics, right? Like, uh -huh. that's pretty important to, to stunt work. And um, I, my God, like what an influence he's had. <laughs> you know, like no, maybe absolutely. with no Sonny Chiba, you might you might not we might not have the rider kick and like that's what <laughs> so many. Yeah, that's what I'm things. saying. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention that because like I was again like I think I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but on the, I think I've told you like in our private conversation. But like I started doing what it is that I do like currently now because of like Power Rangers and like Teenage Mutant nice. Ninja Turtles and yeah. just like just just the idea of like watching somebody like actively like help someone else out while someone else is like trying to like harm them or, or whatever and like utilizing like their skills to be able to save somebody else that like. I was enamored by it. and in many ways still I'm enamored by it. just like the idea of like that act like just the fact that like if someone's being like hurt or being harmed like I have a skill that can like prevent this situation because like I've worked at it and like it's my thing that someone passed down to me and like it's and then I have like my version of it like inside me that I can like utilize and then you know use around using the world as I, as I see fit and stuff but again it's like without that you don't have like any power ranges you don't have so many different things you don't you don't have so many different ways that people have been introduced to martial arts in general like i know for example a friend of mine like aaron cook for example like um, the ex world number one taekwondo like he was very very interested in tv shows like power rangers and stuff like that as well nice. as many children are and stuff and they, and, that, and they get and they get into martial arts because of shows like this very very similar to myself it's like you find media that like inspires the uh that that has a message that is inspiring and then like parts of that message obviously what it is that they're based on real life martial arts of course and then in turn the people go to seek out more real life martial arts and the cycle continues do you know what i mean because like, yeah. they go on to inspire more media the media goes on to inspire more people who then go on to inspire more media so it's this beautiful kind of like again it's like a it, it's a life cycle do you know what i mean it's yeah. it's um it is it's it's very similar just as everything is with regards to, like to nature like the seeds that get planted that grow into the tree that bear the fruit that have the seeds inside of them that get planted again like the same type of a thing we we have in in we have had in our world like a sunny chiba who has had like an absolutely just 
massive like handprint in terms of like the culture of martial arts and how that was like disseminated throughout the world and then yeah we will see i i believe that we will see like the the fruits of that labor continue to uh oh, yeah. to pop up and to sprout and to blossom as time goes on because just as there was a massive like martial arts boom in the past we're seeing that we're seeing the fruits of that again now with regards to mma and the ufc like in that popularity do you know what i mean like we're seeing so many people just have this distinct and profound interest in mixed martial arts at the moment now like for example like i know m- many people who are who are and who have been again interested in anime interested in manga and then they said to me oh hey do you know what i'm gonna start training in jujitsu or oh hey adam i just started doing kickboxing and stuff like that and i'm like oh that's cool like old friend of mine from high school was talking the other day he does jujitsu now and stuff like that do you know what i mean and he was yeah. just he just got he just got into that just by virtue of just being interested in it and interested in areas surrounding yeah. it and just that that crossover that that carrying all of it just um it's it's amazing to think about just how it is that that has grown and spread throughout the world. And again, a really important part of it was media, and a really important part of that media was Sunny Chiba. So, yeah, I really just um, I hope that more and more people, as they do their own like looking into his history and his past, just get that feeling of that inspiration and get that really just that 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 energy and get that kinetic drive again to just take it through and just do whatever it is that you feel that you need to do in your life and use that use that energy use that spirit use that drive because it's very much still there in all of the work that he worked on do you know what i mean like he unfortunately like is gone but the the what what's been left like with us is worth it, it's worth um it's, it's worth its weight in gold if, if that makes sense it's like it's just so important to make sure that like these films these shows all of this work is properly kept properly looked after because you don't get people like this very often do you know what i mean like you need to make sure that this is like properly like preserved and all of these items all of these films all of these books all these stories are properly looked after and passed on yeah yeah I, yeah yeah i was just gonna say like i kind of took it for granted you know, I was just like, yeah, Sonny Chiba, he's just always going to be around, you know, like, just because yep. he's so iconic. And, um, oof, man. I mean, just... If just, anything... Yeah, good. Oh, go on. No, you got it, you got it. I was just saying, like, you know, just a few weeks ago, I was watching, like, um, uh, Keanu Reeves, right? He went to Japan to promote John Wick. And then yeah. they, they surprised him with a visit from Sonny Chiba, because that, that's one of his idols. That was one of the guys he admired uh, growing up mm-hmm. as an actor. He just thought, like, oh, this guy's the most badass guy, right? And it was really cool to see them, like, you know, connect and, and um, you know, just talk about, a, like, like something they both have in common is they, 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 they're always learning, right? Like, they're always reinventing themselves and um, the skills that they learned in life applied to their movies and the skills they picked up in their movies, like, they continue in their real life. It's, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that video a lot as well, just because, again, like, you get to see the the sort of fanboying of, uh, of Keanu yeah. Reeves, but like, yeah. but it, it's such it's such a real thing. It's such a real feeling that we all have within us when you meet somebody yeah. who is important to what it is that you believe in or stand for or practice or do. Like, you get that you get that feeling. You get that joyful, that gleeful feeling. 
And one other thing which I really enjoyed as well was just um, Sonny being like impressed by like the little kick that like John, uh, I was calling John Wick then, that Keanu Reeves was like throwing. He, <laughs> yeah. he was just like, oh, like you did things like this, they just like a move and just things like this, did a kick, and he's like, oh yeah, I did do that. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's that kind of uh, that feedback and that really just like kind, nice yeah. nature that you could see shining through. Yeah, I, remember, crack, I remember watching it. Yeah. You know, very specific. Exactly, yeah. 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 And, it, and it's, it's the appreciation of that too. It's the fact that like he he did that to make like Keanu's day. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like he did that obviously not not to um not to be like oh to be praised like himself. He did that out of respect. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can see that there's a there's an admiration for like each other there in a sense. And you yeah. can absolutely tell that like it was one of the most um one of the most uh, happy sort of like moments for Keanu himself because you could tell that he was over the moon by it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a touching moment. Yeah. It's a touching moment to to see captured like two uh exceptionally authentic people uh interacting and embracing and celebrating one another. Uh it, it was it's 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 like it's 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 hard to watch that now, but it's also like a delightful thing to watch. Yeah. To yeah, see both of them yeah. Yeah. uh you know interact like that and I mean the fact that like you know, it, it was almost like they were like two Pokemon speaking to each other in their own way because like Keanu was speaking mm-hmm. Japanese to him and then like Sonny was speaking English to him when he could. You know, it was just like they were both trying to meet on a same place because like regardless of how different their lives were, uh, authenticity and their determination kind of brought them into this place where like they both have bodies of work that are amazing in their own right. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. both, you know, showing appreciation. I mean... You know, the fact that Sonny said to him in English, no, you show me how to, <laughs> you know, like he was showing like a particular uh, admiration, even for somebody like Keanu, who, you know, would think would be like a very unlikely person to have been on the path that he's been on. But it's like here he is and he's able to, you know, show that uh, appreciation for his work. Um, you know, my my only wish and hope is that, uh, you know, I mean, Keanu had that moment with him, but I hope that like there was enough moments like that to happen in his life where you know he knows he knew that he's appreciated by so many people for so many different reasons and it's touched so many different places like stories we know about stories that we don't know about like you know he's had such a uh such an impact such a specific type of impact yeah um across the world and um you know it's when you it's it's like when you see him on screen uh especially now you know there's like this certain level of just like it does make you like like aj was saying uh really appreciate the art that we have both living and that have gone on like you know really appreciate the things that you you love or love to do uh pursue them because you never know how that's going to touch somebody else but also for yourself too but um you know somebody like sonny chila like nobody could have predicted that like he would have such a foothold. He didn't, you know, he's just living, you know, he's just being himself. He's just performing. He's just doing what he loves to do and and seizing those opportunities. So it's just like, you know, in our own right, in our own way, you know, we need to be able to say, you know what, make the efforts to preserve the art that we experience every day. Uh, The things that really mean a lot to us, like cherish them, share them with people. Yeah. Um, you know, really, you know, it's, it's, and it's kind of corny to say, it's like, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff you can say about things that you hate, but like if you spread the things that you love, you don't know how that can touch somebody's life. You never know what kind of path it can put them on. Just like, you know, one of the things AJ was talking about again was, you know, how he inspired so many things within like subgenres and how like people probably got into uh, things that may have changed their life. You know, martial arts is a, it's a way of life. It, it, it changes you, you know? Um, so there's people out there that may have seen him do one kick on screen. And they said, you know what? My life's trajectory is now different Absolutely. just because of that one thing. So, you know, when you look at somebody like Sonny Chiba, you know, we want to preserve his art and, and, and respect it, but we also want to preserve just anything that makes you feel anything remotely close to what you felt about Sonny Chiba, anything that you have passion for, anything that like, you know, really gets you going, like preserve that. Don't, don't, don't hide it. Don't throw it. Cause you never know how long it's going to last. You never know how long, you know, we never know who's what some person's last movie will be. You know, you never know like, you know, when that happens. And I mean, it's going to be a treat when Kazuna comes out, it'll be a bittersweet treat, but it'll be like his, uh, official spawn song because Sonny Chiba lives on in like so many people that like we can't even go into that so it's like you know he's, he's he's gone but he's still here um you know it, it's it's a it's a very it's like you would think you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sonny Chiba and you know obviously this affects a lot of people so I'm not even gonna like center this on myself this affects a lot of people in so many different ways and like everybody's finding their own way to uh, you know, deal with this, but being able to talk about and celebrate uh, his legacy is definitely like a wonderful thing. And for anybody who's never really heard of Sonny Chiba or maybe hasn't seen anything outside of maybe Kill Bill or Fast and Furious, wherever you may have seen him more recently, if you have time, like just go back. You know, you don't have to necessarily buy anything right away. Just go on YouTube. Just put his name in. There's plenty of clips of of him just being an amazing artist and being an amazing human being uh from interviews to movies to anything just take some time to really like soak that in it's one of the beautiful things about the internet is that there's so many things that we can still share with people that might be old or like hard to find but like you know you can find and you never know he may inspire you to do something i don't know he may just give you a good experience too um absolutely it doesn't have to be like completely life-changing in a sense, exactly. It's just the fact that like it can mean so many things to so many different people. That's the beauty of performance. And that's the beauty of different interpretations of media. Just the fact that like one person can see a smile and they can see so many different things within that smile. Do you know what I mean? It means so many different things to so many different people. And yeah, so just like what you said there, like the fact that so many people have access to so much of this today as well. You can literally type in, again, just Sonny Chiba's name, just S-O-N-N-Y-C-H-I-B-A into YouTube and be entertained for hours, like many, many, many hours, just watching random clips of random like things, random films, random shows, random fights, just, yeah, absolutely wonderful, wonderful stuff. And the fact that like we can do that today, now, with, with such ease, just, yeah, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, and... Um... You know, like, this is a guy that's reinvented himself over and over. Like, uh, you know, like, he just never peaked. He just kept peaking over and over. Like, you know, um, I mean, he started off as, like, in in Tokusatsu stuff. Like, he was a superhero. 
before that he was a you know a competitive athlete um and then once he got into acting like he was never he never stopped like he kept evolving like he was in gangster films he was in karate movies he was in historical dramas you know he he, he, he redefined the ninja cinema twice you know as Hattori Hanzo and then again as Yagyu Jubei like different characters within the genre like like pillars of the genre right and then um even his martial arts roles are wildly different. He, he, he could, I mean, he ended up playing his own master. How cool is that? He ended up playing Masoyama, cool. yeah, yeah. the guy that taught him in the biography, uh, you know, of his, his master. And, he and who else could do that? No one, no one else could have embodied that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like he, he played him with like this intensity, but this dignity, right? He, he, he can play these really like chivalrous uh, characters. But then, like, mm-hmm. you watch something like Street Fighter, like, main character's a dirtbag. <laughs> like, he's evil. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's that famous part in um, in True Romance. Uh, if, if, if you guys aren't familiar, uh, listeners, True Romance was a, w- one of the earlier hit movies uh, scripted uh, by Quentin Tarantino. Not directed by him, but he wrote it. And um, in, in that movie, the main character played by, uh, it was Christian Slater, right? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's a huge Sonny Chiba fan. That's, uh, you know, very much like Tarantino author insert <laughs> kind of character, right? He's, he's sort of like an idealized version of a Tarantino as a film fan. There's a part where he takes his girlfriend, um, well, his future serious girlfriend, they're like on their first date, to see a, uh, the Street Fighter. And she asks him, like, is that the good guy? And he's like, well, he's not a good guy so much as he's just like a bad motherfucker. <laughs> like, he... Yeah, he, he had just so much range in all, all these roles. It, it was just really incredible. Um, uh, okay, a uh, qu- fun fact. Do, do you know what Sonny Chiba's favorite manga was? No. Because he, he's played so many different characters, right? He, uh, he, he's been in so many manga-based movies. He, he was Duke Togo in, in the second Galgo 13 movie. And, yes, he uh, was. Yeah. You know, he played... Um, Fun fact about the first, the first Algo 13 uh, movie took place in the Middle East and it was a Persian, uh, Iranian, Japanese co-production. And then the second one uh, took place in Hong Kong. It was a, you know, it was a Hong Kong, uh, Japan co-production uh, starring Sonny Chiba. Um, but yeah, but, but um, Sonny Chiba himself, his favorite manga was a uh, Kamui Den. So uh, Legend of Kamui. The, the, Kamui no Ken? Oh my God. Yeah, so... Um, uh, Kamui Den uh, is a classic manga from the 60s. It's, it's a, one of the early, uh, really ep- uh, amazing uh, ninja manga. Um, it began publication in 1964. And um, yeah, it, it, was a, it, it redefined uh, seinen comics for the era. So Kamui Den was, uh, it was about ninjas, but it was like uh, quasi-realistic, right? Like their their powers weren't like super duper supernatural. Um, they were just very extreme versions of like you could sort of imagine someone actually doing this, right? Like one one of the famous scenes in it, uh, the main character uh, he's a he's a ninja, and uh, there's a famous scene where like they, he needs to assassinate someone, so he pretends to be a dead body. He he knows this guy is gonna eventually like come through with, uh, you know. With his group on this path so he, he he lays there like days ahead of time just like 
with a couple of open wounds, like, you know, there's, there's bugs laying, there's like maggots uh, starting to like plant their, you know, festering in him. Um, animals are sniffing him like it rains and he just lays there convincingly there and like until they finally come across him and then he he springs to life and like you know executes everyone and um mm. but uh but but okay so when um when sunny chiba asked, when he was asked like why is this his favorite manga right his answer was actually really surprising he said um he said this comic was about um the the real life ninja right so it, it's not about like the idealized ninja that he played in movies it was about the people who did the dirty work uh, back in the day. And, and th that's very much what the, the comic was about. The comic, um, uh, the, the, the writer, uh, Shirato, uh, Sanfei Shirato, he, he was a Marxist, like an open Marxist. Like he was very much about uh, class consciousness, class conflict, and the main character in this was of the lowest caste in Japan. And, uh, you know, that's why they had to do these awful jobs, right? No one would choose to, like, kill and, and just live this torturous life on purpose. It's because they had no other choice. They were at the lowest rung in society, right? And then um, just they're forced into it. They're born into it. And then they develop this weird sense of pride about it. And then within that, the main character is actually trying to break out of that cycle. He's sick of a life of, like, violence and fear. And um, so he tries to escape and then, you know, they actually just brand him a, a, a traitor. So it's about him trying to escape this awful life and then his own people turning on him, seeing him as a class traitor. And he, he's, it, it's a really richly thematic comic. And uh, uh, it was published in uh, Garo. Garo was known for being like a very avant-garde, uh, you know, artsy uh, publication. <clears throat> um, a lot of people think it's only like experimental, you know, uh, super avant-garde comics but it also had this hardcore uh ninja comic in there and um yeah it was it was just very influential comic and uh yeah yeah sunny chiba he said that was his favorite because it had this authenticity to it and it's about a part of history that um that people want to forget and he, he said you know he wishes he could do he could bring kamuika into the big screen and do it justice like and i think he this was like an interview from like his late 70s even then he's still thinking about like oh i 70 year old man almost 80 saying like this is my dream <laughs> he still has dreams you know it's still his favorite manga from when he was yeah. a kid he wants he still wants to you know adapt that and bring it to the world and introduce his culture to the world and you know i, I just think that's so cool yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely oh man yeah, I also think it's really um, interesting that, like, uh, you know, he talks about Bushido and, like, the, you know, the Japanese soul and stuff, but, like, he's not nationalistic. It's not like a... Yeah. You know, it's 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 a very humanistic view that he has, right? <clears throat> it's... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really interesting just to look at that. I was just I was reading some of the principles. I'm just going to paste... Um, actually, now I'll paste in the, the link for the site, actually. It's much better. But like, yeah, reading this thing about the Bushido code and like the ways in which it could be like applied still to like people's lives today, and really, really intriguing, really interesting stuff here. But also, whilst you were talking, I was just watching some random clips uh, that I just put in. Uh, one of them was from that uh, the Street Fighter 
And yeah, just um, watching Sonny people like punch the teeth out of someone's mouth. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the the teeth fly out of this guy's like mouth, and then like you just see blood dripping out, out, out over his chin. It's just like wow. Like it just imagine the the idea of like just doing that. Just the fact that he has this guy on the ground and he's he's trying to get information out of him. And he's like, you know what? This isn't going well. Boom! I'm just gonna pop you in the mouth right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting is. Uh... There's, I'm trying to remember the, the scene, or the movie, the name of the movie, but there was a scene in a Sonny Chiba film that it makes me think about uh, certain visual, I guess, cues that we've seen in anime for, like, years, and we just don't think about it, or just in cinema in general. But there's a scene where he, he punches a guy in the back of the head, and... It's something I've seen in anime. It's something I've seen. I mean, shoot. I mean, if, if I'm being real, I've probably seen it technically in Mortal Kombat at this point. There's a shot where you see the. It's like a negative image, and you see the damage that he inflicts on the back of this guy's skull, and it and it happens like super fast on screen just to show you like he punches him in the back of the head, and it's like you're seeing the internal damage of this dude's skull. And I'm like, this happened, this was something that was done in, like, the 70s. And I don't think I've seen it in, like, anime during the 70s. I think I saw it in anime, like, during the mid to late 80s, early 90s, where you were seeing the damage that was inflicted. And uh, in an interview, uh, you know, they asked about that shot. They were like, you know, who, like, whose idea was that? And he was just like, yeah, that was me. Oh, are you like, serious? He invented the yeah. x-ray shot? Yeah, and I'm like, that's what? Awesome. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, wild. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that's something that's been in in like everything. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, everything. Everything. Been in everything. Yeah, like, like, and like I'm Mortal like, Kombat what? just started doing that like ten years ago. Yeah. 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 And and it, and he just like calmly was just like, yeah, that was that was my idea. I, I I went to them about that, and I'm like, good lord, man, this guy is just like he's he just he lived and he affected everyone yeah. and everything yeah. <laughs> like you know that's that like the from, best way uh, i can put that that was from the street fighter right the, the yes it was, in, it was in the, in the, in the street yeah. fighter film yeah and that, that was um when that came out in the u.s it, it was rated x for violence <laughs> yeah people had never seen yeah. anything like that that violent before yeah because he punched the guy's eyes out like he <laughs> it's just like the stuff that he did in yeah. this film was just, yeah, it was just not happening in other parts of the country, like cinematically. It just wasn't a thing. Um, yeah. I mean, he he rips off someone's testicles in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and, and, and something about that, right? It's like, okay, that's insane that it <laughs> happens. But there's something about the way that he delivers it that you're just like that's the world that this movie lives in. Like, you don't really question it. It shocks you because it's the first time you're seeing something like that, but it's like, he just does it, and you're like, man, he, when, he sl when he slams this guy's testicles on the floor, it's like, not only did he hurt the guy, but I feel like he hurt the floor as well. <laughs> like, just the impact of when he does it, it's just like, wow. Like, 
he insulted this guy's testicles and he insulted the floor. <laughs> like, it, and, and I'm okay with it. I accept it. I, I wish like, I yeah. could have been in the theater to see that. Like, just, just can you imagine the, the crowd reaction? No one had ever seen anything like that before. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was completely new for, for everyone. Yeah. So that had to be like an amazing experience where people are like walking out of the movie theater like you know i just saw a movie where somebody got their balls ripped off <laughs> right that's like the and, first it, and it was yeah yeah it's actually wild to think about that just the fact that like having x-ray like ha having those x-ray shots like done if you think about it now, obviously in hindsight, it's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's quite easy. That's quite, you know, it's quite simple, whatever. Just if, if you have a corresponding hit, if you, if you have a hit, show a corresponding hit break regarding that limb or part of the body or whatever, that'd be kind of cool. But, like, imagine seeing that for the first time, though. Because, like, we're so, um, I think about this quite often, to be honest. I, we, we've seen quite a lot in terms of, you know, like, media and especially in terms of, you know, just ideas in general thanks to the internet. So we get to hear other people's opinions all of the time. We get to see so many different movies and films. By the time we're like 25, 30, we've seen all kinds of films from all kinds of areas and stuff like that. But it's like ha not having access to the internet and then seeing something like that, like decades ago, that must have been just wild. Like I, I can't like I can't imagine it. Like what that must have yeah. like been like to be like it that. Been pandemonium. The release. No, that's what I'm saying. Like just like, the that kind of like shock. And that, and again, that, that word of mouth spreading as well, because that's what it was. It was word of mouth spreading that that brought so much fame and popularity to people. Like we didn't have like you know have like Sonny Chiba like Stan accounts like in the seventies and stuff. But like there would have been, right? You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, for it's sure. Like, it's like that. That's what that. That's what it's. Uh, that's what makes it so interesting to think about. Because like when you look like rel when you look back like um in terms of what exists now, like in relation to that, it's like. It's just such a different landscape that we live in currently. Just the fact that like we have so many again amazing stars out today, and so many people who are who will in their own you know ways like leave their own marks on on all kinds of industries at the moment. But I'm just imagining like what would that be like to have no idea that like someone could make something like that and to see that for the very first time in cinema. Like someone gets like their jaw broken and then you see a shot flash of like a broken jaw X-ray. Like what does that like? What response does that elicit in the theater? Like, I would have loved to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, something um, important to note about his career is that um, uh, he he actually was one of the people to really fill the vacuum that was created after the death of uh, Bruce Lee. So you know, Bruce, mm. Bruce Lee really kicked off the international uh, kung fu martial arts mm. uh, uh, you know phenomenon. And then, um, it, unfortunately, like. Bruce Lee like didn't actually make that many movies in his prime, you know. It was a very very tragic loss. Really cut down. Like he was reaching his prime. Like he could have done so much more. But I, that's a whole other podcast. But anyways, uh, Sonny Chiba was very consciously influenced by by Bruce Lee. Like he, he was very open about that too. He he even said he he, he wished he could have met Bruce Lee. Like he was actually. According to him, he was going to travel to Hong Kong. He, he wanted to meet Bruce Lee, um, but you know, he unfortunately passed away. And then, um, so he channeled Bruce Lee in, in his own movies too, but, but he, he brought a different energy to it, right? Like Bruce Lee was uh, this really noble guy. And then uh, in that era, right, the, the uh, early to mid 70s, Sonny Chiba was playing like these crazy, like <laughs> really dirty fighters. Like he brought a different energy to it. And, you know, I was just thinking like, 
you know like the uh, uh black exploitation films like like dolomite and yes. human tornado yes like, uh, yes of course yeah. obviously like very bruce lee and uh Chavro's influence but like i wonder if i wonder if uh, sunny chiba was an influence too because like the street fighter came out one year before um dolomite and human tornado and like a lot of the rudy ray moore films like you know if you think about it rudy ray moore's cadence or like his presence on screen uh does seem like there there could be some nuance there that was influenced by Shonichiwa. um especially in the human tornado uh there's yeah like i never thought of it that way necessarily but like there's a certain sort of energy and aura that he that he brings that obviously is Rudy's energy, but yeah, I, I can see a parallel there that could be like I think it's not a reach, you know. Like when you yeah. like if you put them side by side on screen, the 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 time that they take up, kind of like marinating their presence, if there's a way to put it into the screen, there is a similarity there. Uh, I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine he did not watch the Street Fighter himself and have a conversation where, like, guys, you got to see this movie. Like, like yeah, I'm sure. That, that, that's what I was talking about before. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I was talking about before. It's the fact that it's like it's that word of mouth. Like, oh, did you see that? Did you see what happened? No, I didn't see. We have to go watch it. Like, it's that. Like, it's that excitement, and then what builds out of that? What's grown from that? Like, love it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Oh man. What's also cool as well, because I'm just looking through the I'm looking through the filmography once again. Just so many like sequels as well. Just the fact that like he wasn't somebody that was working on something just one time and then like always just moving on to the next thing like straight away or whatever. Like he would stay and do like sequel after sequel after sequel. I'm just looking now at a bunch of films which I've just never you know heard of and stuff. But I'm seeing like two and three and part four and part two and part three and part four. Like it's just multiple you know like versions of these films, and you, you can tell that he was somebody who, if he enjoyed a project or if he enjoyed like a series of stuff. He'd be along for the ride for sure, and that must have been a an asset to everybody that he was working with. Because you know, when you're working with someone, you want to build a team, you want to build those relationships, you want to build that that rapport with whoever it is you're trying to get the performances out of and stuff. But yeah, that was just um really really cool stuff. I'm looking right now, and just this thing which I've never like heard of in my life, but like a Zenito, like there's this which I'm checking out here, and there's like six of those apparently. So I'm like, what the? This is quite cool, but yeah, yeah like. Just really, really interesting to think about just the fact that, again, you get so many, just so many films, so, so many films, so yeah. many credits. Yeah. Oh, uh, a, a notable one to call out. Uh, it's not as well known in America, but um, in 1969, he did a movie called Memoirs of Japanese Assassins. It's a, a rough translation. Um, and uh, that, that was actually, um, I think that was considered like his breakout role in in japan where he went from being like oh, okay you know this kind of genre guy to like he, he won awards for that movie like he really uh, really like proved himself as a serious actor on that one um but then he you know of course he continued to make all sorts of films he wasn't like oh i'm a serious actor now i'm not going to do like you know these these uh, tokusatsu things anymore like he he just did everything he didn't limit himself yeah mm. i'm just looking as well one thing which i just want to sort of just go over and mention quickly i am not <laughs> I, I am not the the professional um graphic designer of the group but what i will say 
is that these posters for a lot of these films are all so striking visually. They're, they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Like, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a big nerd when it comes to this, just generally anyway. But, like, just the, uh, the, the design, like, the spacing, the use of color, just all of it, just the way it's been edited together to lead the eye. Really, really good stuff here across all these, but it's also nice to zoom in and see Tony Tuba's face there too, looking stern and serious as ever, yeah. like, like he's about to set you on fire with his mind or something. But yeah, like really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, and you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, th- these movies are fun, man. Like, I, I just if you take anything away from this podcast, like, just please search them out. Like, they're they're so much fun to watch, and they're, most of them are shot beautifully too. Um, all the 60s, 70s, 80s films shot on, on real film with really great lighting. and They're just beautiful to watch. Mm. Yeah. I'm just watching some clips now. I've got some clips online. Just easy to find on YouTube. Yeah. Damn. Japan, 1960, 1969. Man, my dad would be seven years old when this came out. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Okay, and seeing people get stabbed in the in the back here seeing people fighting with knives there's lots of blood yeah this is this is great yeah oh, that's it's funny to think about all our dads definitely watched some sunny chiba films when yeah. they were oh, that's what sure. i'm saying yeah. that's what i'm saying like it must have been just really really um influential in so many different ways across that across that generation for sure yeah yeah in three different yeah, countries yeah multiple multiple like I was just watching someone, I was reading a comment underneath one of the videos, and someone said that they were um, that they were brought back to these videos just by the news of, of his passing, and that they were just randomly had memories of watching um, Sonny Chiba movies in a small theater in Baltimore. Do you know what I mean? So, like, he's just absolutely just all over the world, random places which you don't even think about. I was having someone else talk about, like, their experiences with, with these films and how popular, like, Sonny Chiba was across Southeast Asia. Like someone else was um, <clears throat> mentioning that the, he was a big influence in their like little area over across in um, in Eastern Europe. Like, do you know what I mean? Like all of these different like places and stuff. Like, just yeah. amazing. <clears throat> People feel the same ways all across the world, and that's what that's what the beauty of film is. That's what the beauty of media is. Like, it just, it brings people together. These stories that we have, these stories that we share. No matter where it is that you are, and even if there are language barriers, you can still glean things from movies and watch a movie and still understand what's going on in a sense. But like, yeah, it's like what um, it's like what we found out. Like, uh, well, not found out, I suppose, but the the amazing quote about um subtitles um from what's it oh, the 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 director from uh Parasite uh, uh Bong Joon Ho, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He said that was yeah, it. I just found it cool. Yeah, I did remember his name. Cool. Um, once once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to such amazing films. Mm-hmm. And like that couldn't be more truthful when it comes to like Sonny Chiba's uh, filmography for sure. Because a lot of the time, if a lot of these films aren't in English, people might kind of like pass them over. But please, like, don't. Because like I, after this, I'm gonna go on a big like binge and watch a whole bunch of these movies. Because from the clips that I've been seeing. I'm just, yeah, I'm definitely, um, I'm drawn in for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, so, so cool. Oh, wow, the Revenge of Shinobi. Wait a minute. No way. 
is this real? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so that was like actually something. Yes, I just realized that, something. That's his face. I just, I, oh, yeah, I just realized something. Shinobi. Yeah. Yeah, Shinobi. Like that. Okay, so um, the the SNES version of, of, of Shinobi, like the uh, the old first game. Wow, the that old um first Shinobi game. I based like the first game that I ever made like on that. Uh, like the the SNES. Yeah, yeah. Shinobi was a Sega game. No, no, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, not not asking. Sorry, yeah, saying sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reading something else. Something else came up. But yeah, like um, yeah, like off of the first ever like Shinobi game, like that was um, that was something that I, I used to watch like all of the time on, uh, what was that channel called? Is it? Was a YouTube channel. I think it. I think it's World of Long Plays. I think. Oh. But yeah, they had like old like long plays of games and stuff like that on it. Yeah, it's really really cool. I have to put it in. Oh actually. man, that's wild. So you grew up like watching long plays. Yeah. Yep. Of, mm-hmm. of that, that was like that was like that's like my whole that's like my whole that's that's awesome. like, yeah it's oh my gosh it's, you, yeah. you can share in our nostalgia in such a different way but... yeah, yeah yeah that that's what yeah that that's how i know what a, a yeah, lot of yeah. what you guys are talking about yeah, like sometimes yeah. because like i i just used to I, I, well you already know just because like because you know like me and stuff but like mm-hmm. i used to spend like a lot of like my time just like watching old older stuff like all of the time like all the time so like i would go through like sites like this or, or channels like this and just watch like random like games of random random long plays of random games and just try and like learn from them or try and just see what i thought would be cool or again like that this is a like, part and parcel of how it is i found out about dark stalkers how i found you all that stuff but yeah like it's just a matter of like seeing all of this tied together like i had no clue that like his face was on the revenge of shinobi like um title screen like that's like yeah. really really cool I I, 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 I think they actually had to change it later because like they didn't. <laughs> this was yeah. back in the wild west of games where sometimes you would just you know it was like oh copyright whatever like just just throw use stuff it. in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just throw stuff in. Yeah. Now nah, I to- I totally get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. It, it's wild. It's wild to think about just the uh, the uh, again the the fingerprint and just thinking about how it is that that's just been so influential, just dramatically influential. Yeah, it was this. Sorry, yeah, it sorry, it was this, and it was uh, the first like, Ninja Gaiden game. That was it. Oh, nice. yeah, and this was for the NES. That was yeah. it. This was the game too. It was both of those games, and I was obsessed with um, watching these videos just because I thought that they were really, really cool. Like I just really liked the way that the uh, the way that the text would appear on screen and have that that sword slash sound, and just the way that the that the cutscenes would um, display such really cool story, but at the same time they'd be so minimalistic, obviously because of what it was that they were trying to do. Like with regards to the limitations at the time, they had to put as much on screen as they could, but without going you know way above the uh, the limits which they could you know adhere to and stuff. So, yeah, really really beautiful, interesting stuff. And again, was very very likely influenced by a lot of work that Sunny Chiba was either directly involved in or did influence, for oh, yeah. sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just posted a picture of uh, uh, Yagyu uh, Jubei from the, the Yagyu con- conspiracy, you know, and then... Um, oh, cool. Yeah, also of course. Like, uh, uh, Makai Tensho and stuff. Like, he embodied that character. And, like... Yeah. When when Samurai Showdown came out, that's his version of the character. That's Sonny Chiba's version of the character, essentially that they, that they put in in the game. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also you can't you can't forget as well in terms of like characters with the eye patch and sword, like Biken. Got to got to oh put them in God, there as well. Oh my God! Right, I didn't even make that connection. Even her hair. 
Her hair is that's like what a I'm really saying. stylized version of, of his hair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. moly. That's what... Wow, and the, 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 the timing. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. And, and that swagger that she has. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the walking animations, like all of it, just like the the laughter, the drinking, the uh, the smoking, and during during uh, her instant kill, like yeah, really, really um, speaks to that for sure. Yeah, we wouldn't have Biken if we didn't have Sunny Chiba. Oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely wild to think about. <clears throat> you know, another thing as well. Oh, go, go on, go. Oh, sorry, I, I was gonna say, like, I, I always just thought, oh, you know, it's kind of like uh, Kenshin, right? And then also, um, mm-hmm. I, I remember Andy told me that there, there was a, um, in, in in early Japanese film and even earlier plays, there was like this concept of this um, this wandering samurai with like uh, one arm and and like a scar over one eye. Um, and I think there was even like female versions of that character. So um, mm-hmm. Biken's drawing on all that, but but for sure, for sure, she's also drawing on uh, Sunny Chiba as as um, Yagyu Jube, like all of that. Wow. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. One thing which I just wanted oh, to mention. Yeah. Patch, of course, as well. One other thing that I wanted to mention as well: uh, the tatami guy she moved that she has mm-hmm. with the tatami mat. Like just the significance of that too. But like I was just watching um some more clips from the Street Fighter and like Sunny Chiba was like fighting utilizing the uh environment around him. So for example, like one there's one character with a knife that he was that burst into his um room because he's training in, in the in his like own home gym, it looks like. So he was using like a bunch of weights and he was like lifting his body off the ground, you know, doing pull-ups and sit-ups and all the rest of it. When right as he's doing, you know, during his workout, maybe like eight 12 guys burst into his like house i guess and he has to fight them all off yeah. one by one by one just messing them up flipping them over punch them in the face all of that kicking them in the butt all of it is great but um there's one guy near the very it's like the last guy he tries to fight and he pulls out like a knife and then he hides but uh, uh, sonny goes to like confront him and then like he hides behind um, a punching bag and then sonny looks at him looks at the punching bag and then he kicks the punching bag and it hits the guy and then like the guy falls over so it just it made me think about the fact that like it's that not only just being strong or like being you know like scary or just being like aggressive it's also being smart and utilizing the things in your surroundings and you know being clever and like tricky and cunning with how it is that you fight as well another again person who is very very well known for this of course Jackie Chan do you oh, know what I mean yeah. like the numerous fight scenes in which he's utilizing everything in his surroundings from the clothes that he's wearing or the clothes that the opponent's wearing wrapping them up in their own sleeves or for example that beautiful scene where i forget the movie it's from but he uses like a ladder to fight people and he's opening the ladder closing the ladder spinning around with the ladder diving through the ladder uh, spinning yeah, it flipping yeah. it around hit people like yeah, do you know what i mean yeah, like that was uh, a rumble course- in the bronx i think right yes yeah, yeah. Yes. And then, and then you, you using the comedy of that, like trapping his fingers in the ladder and doing the, yeah. the patented, you know, like, oh, I'm waving my hand like that, ow, 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 ow type of thing. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I love that. Just like yeah. that ability to make, um, to, it, it's, oh, oh, I was watching real, a video. Real, real quick oh, interjection oh. there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Andy showed me a little while ago, uh, there's a super early uh, Japanese comedy action film where the guy fights with a ladder. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Wow, like they were doing this in, uh, I think it was like the 20s or the 1910s or something, like super old. And they were already like mm. thinking about stuff like that, like way ahead of its time. It was like a long, absolutely. continuous shot, too. Sorry, uh, uh, go ahead. No, no, you got it. You got it. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. I was, I was going to say um, the fact that like 
you you had so many people who would utilize comedy and then also you know like still be able to show and just just display the the prowess and their skills at the same time like just watching someone like Jackie Chan do so many cool flips and tricks with all of this and then also to know that like he very regularly put himself in danger too like actively like wasn't someone who would like shy away from like the idea of like being hit in the face by his own like you know stun accidentally going wrong or something like that but trying again later like that was something which can be shown in a lot of like people's just prowess in terms of like fighting and fight scenes and stuff like that but i was watching a video recently by another one of my favorite um youtubers super ipad wolf also yeah he's just known as john online but yeah super ipad wolf uh he's, t- he's talking about um tapu like that that manga in which like there's a uh, lots of martial arts mentioned and it, he talks about violence versus like fighting very specifically so to him he sort of breaks down like fighting is something that like makes um he, he sees fighting as a, a means by which people sharpen and improve each other so for example like the ability to practice and train and hone a skill and to you know aim and to, to go into a fight with like aims and goals of self-improvement and to also help people achieve that within themselves too like that's what he sees fighting as but in terms of like violence, he sees that more so as like trying to physically or literally like, hurt somebody else, like for you know reasons regarding like self-defense or just like playing like offense or just you know like fighting like outside in in a, in a pub brawl or something like that. Like that would be like violence like to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the distinction to the, 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 the distinction regarding those was very very intriguing. Like there's a video on it which he which he, in which he mentions this. It's called the manga that makes you better at fighting. So you should probably just like go check that out if you um have the time like later on, listeners. But Super iPad Fourth, the manga that makes you better at fighting, really, really great video. But you'll hear a little bit more regarding that general chain of thought because it sort of ties back into this. Just the way in which like Sony Chiba was so able to display both of those things to display the artistry of martial arts, obviously, with regards to all of his skills, but to also be, to be able to tap into the raw uh, nature of, um, you know, violence itself, to, to make those faces, to make those those motions and those movements be less smooth, but also impactful, to make sure that, you know, you could, for example, you'd see scenes, well, in, just, in, just in what I was watching there, like, there was no, there wasn't, like, an artistry to the act of punching someone's teeth out itself, but, like, the way in which he made that feel and the way in which he made that look and also to their credit as well the other actors showing that that imagined pain like in their on on their body in their face as they spat the teeth out and the blood and all of the rest of it that, that comes out of the mouth when that happens like just showing that and making sure that the viewer knows like this is this is violence this is danger this is blood do you know what i mean this is a very specific type of an injury that someone's not just causing to someone by by virtue of them being such a graceful and like amazing fighter no he hit someone in the mouth and their teeth came out of their mouth because of how he hit them do you know what i mean like he, he was able to show both of those things as well as being able to do those beautiful locks and those turning motions and all of the footwork utilized to get out of punches and out of the way of punches and kicks and knives and all the rest of it like you could tell that yeah when you when you when you're utilizing that level of skill and especially with as long as those um, choreographies often last for you, you can tell that someone that's uh, been work, working out hard in, in any martial arts gym, for sure. So I just wanted to mention that, just to show the, the duality of his skill set, too. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. And we can Ooh, go forever. We really yeah, could. We could. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Um... Yeah. 
All right. We we could go forever, but I, I gotta I gotta get to bed soon. So um, yeah, absolutely. Let's think about um, yeah, just uh, you know, what 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 are some some closing thoughts that you all have? Um, anything in particular that, that that we haven't talked about yet that that, that you want to bring up? Or I mean, I think I think if anything, I'll just reiterate the uh, importance of just cherishing art yeah uh while it's happening uh you know when 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 those curtains close like uh you know spread it as far as you can you know let people know about it uh you never know what that could do for somebody else uh you know sonny chiba as i said before uh he touched so many areas of the world uh without knowing that many different languages uh because at the end of the day like you know art is universal art is a global thing you know it's just in us uh you know we we get it we understand it we receive it without needing to know the language uh and i think that sonny chiba's performances uh his principles and what he lived by like embody so so much of that and many other things but if anything i just would say like you know to the people that don't know we've said it again just Google Sonny Chiba. You'll be entertained or enlightened, both, both. Uh, you know, but I, but I still say that, like, you know, at this point, it's like, just, just cherish how wonderful it is to see a person be passionate and tenacious enough to not only make art, but just to, to spread it around the world and, that, and then to be such an influence. So my, my thing is, is just, just cherish art, man cherish it absolutely and i couldn't couldn't said it better couldn't have said it better that's it the only thing i want to add is just yeah if you feel that it is that you would like to pick up or learn like a martial art or if you feel interested or so com or, or you know so compelled that you'd like to look into it you definitely should just give it give, give any martial art that you peak an interest in just give it a try just that there, there are always schools all around you there are always people who will be willing to help you out like online too there will always be like classes and courses many of them like relatively cheap and affordable very very accessible there's never been a better time i feel for people to look into this area of life and especially as someone who has taught at a university regarding martial arts before and also has been helping out like my actual like coach and teaching children and teaching others as well and helping out with that it, it gives you so much it, it gives you so much that you end up learning about yourself you end up finding new versions of yourself throughout your period of time just learning and working hard and also again meeting new people absolutely is a wonderful wonderful thing especially like at the moment after so many people have been you know like away from each other for quite like a long period of time too like with regards to that i really hope that people can at least like start to find as things do like get better over time more community regarding that as well because i know a lot of people have been dealing with various different struggles regarding like loneliness and just feeling sorrowful for a variety of different reasons especially as the pandemic has you know been ravaging so many places so yeah i feel that if there's anything that people like really do need to sort of like look into at some stage or you know as things do become safer in time as well like yeah i think martial arts should um definitely 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 be looked into by a lot of people just absolutely any you could take it you could take your pick there's no um there there is no like perfect like 
that there is no perfect one like to choose from on a list. Just whatever strikes you fancy, whatever you think looks cool, whatever you feel interested in or buy, give it a try because you never know what what might come of it, and you never know who um who you might end up you know becoming after taking a bit of time to practice and you know learn. You might get you might get really invested. So yeah, there's always a better version of yourself that exists within you that can be brought forth by tomorrow. So yeah, definitely um keep that in mind and yeah, keep being good to each other and as James said, keep cherishing the art that you love and the people that you love around you because you never know when people can go, but yeah, be happy that things happen not because they're gone. Yeah. Yeah, beautifully put. All right. Well, thank you for for listening to this uh this was the what 45th uh, Art Eater podcast was it? I believe so. Wow, yeah. we're really putting in the numbers. <laughs> it's so I know. much fun. Well, like, I, I just haven't noticed how many we've done. I know. Um, oh, that's great. All right, so um, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for listening. Um, if, if you made it this far, like really, thanks for hang, hanging out with us. Um, hope you had fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond. Uh, you, you can follow me online on Twitter at uh, Richmond uh, Lee. That's R I C H M O N D underscore L. Um, I'm always, uh, you know, uh, talking about art and stuff that inspires me, and you know, hopefully, um, uh, we're we're talking about stuff that inspires you. And I, I hope, you know, like everyone's been saying, like you you, you let this stuff um, actually become a part of you, and like, you know, actually let let it drive you to action. You know, it's not, it's not just fun to think about; it's it, it's fun to like act on it, right? So I I, I hope. Uh, yeah, I hope when you listen to this podcast, you'll actually take action on stuff that inspires you, you know, stuff that you want to do. Um, yeah, and then, um, of course, to, to follow along with the podcast, um, uh, you, you can keep abreast of the latest updates on Twitter. Uh, follow us at Art Eater Podcast. <clears throat> That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R Podcast. Um, yeah, and then also uh, you can um, check out old podcasts on arteater.com. That's A-R-T-E-A-T-E-R.com. Um, every podcast we've recorded is on there and also a bunch of long form articles as well. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And um, yeah, uh, James, Adam, let uh, let everyone know what you've been up to and how, how they can uh, follow along. All right, well, uh, you can actually follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm starting to spend a little more time on there than normal. Uh, you can find me at uh, Beefy Kunoichi, that's uh, B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. Uh, I'm usually talking about uh, stuff that I like, and that usually revolves around, like, fighting games, Vaporwave, uh, you know, just all, all things in between. Uh, you might find some stuff about my original content. You'll see some fan art of some of my favorite fighting game characters from time to time in between the work that I'm working on, but... Uh, yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff and uh, whenever I randomly decide to take pictures of the food that I cook, uh, you can follow me there. Yeah. Before before it gets eaten up, you got to, you know, snap a quick one. Yeah. <laughs> always. Like, the camera always eats first. Of course, of course. So, yeah, sup, everybody. It's Adam. Uh, of course, I was pleased to be here once again. You already know that. I'm always pleased to be here. It's always good. But, yeah, uh, I'm a gaming level designer. I'm a pixel artist and also international taekwondo fighter. I go by AJ on Twitter, and you can find me over there at AJ Mattis. That's at A-J-M-A-T-T-I-S. I love to share and retweet all kinds of cool art and create projects that I see. So also, if anyone does want or need any pixel art related work or help, I'm active at the moment, so please do get in touch. Just been um, helping out a couple of people regarding that. And also kind of nice because people come through sometimes and like, hey, 
could you critique this for me? And I'm like, you know what? Yes, I can. So yeah, I can do that for you, help you out a little bit. Uh, if you like, if you liked anything that I had to say this time around, or any time around, I guess, just drop me a follow over there so you can hear some more. Uh, take care, everybody. Stay safe, and I will see you all next time. Awesome. Bye. <laughs> all right.